This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to take a look at this Texas A&M game. Arkansas coming off a big bye week. Texas A&M also coming off a bye week. Got some interesting news in the opt-out coronavirus world uh, as it pertains to the Razorbacks. And uh, we're going to answer your questions as well. All that more on Hogsports Live. Not going to go through the whole spill of where to listen and all that stuff. Everybody knows where to do that. Today, I just wanted to focus on one thing real quick. If I could have your attention, please, 50% off right now at hogsports.com. Again, H-A-W-G sports.com. Where's my graphic? There it is. 50% off at hogsports.com. So if you've ever considered signing up, now's a great time to do it. Obviously, you get all the great insider access that you would normally get for just a fraction of the price, 15 cents a day is what it breaks down to, a dollar three a week, 4.48 a month. I mean, that's a heck of a deal right now uh, to uh, to sign up and follow the Razorbacks. So if you like uh, recruiting coverage, then you definitely want to sign up for this. Uh, you get all of Danny's VIP coverage, uh, along with Curtis Wilkerson, his basketball coverage. I think you guys are really going to be impressed with what Curtis brings to uh, the front on basketball. But again, um, it's a great – Time to sign up at Hogsports. The football team has got things rolling. It's a big game coming up this weekend. And right now it's just 50% if you want to sign up at Hogsports. So, heck of a deal. All right. I said I wasn't going to go into the whole spiel on everything else, so we'll just move along. <laughs> Interesting stuff happening today with Jerry Jacobs. He has decided to opt out. After four games and a bye week, um, obviously Jacobs transferred to Arkansas from Arkansas State, who was a big get, uh, formerly played under Ryan Rhodes at Hutchinson Community College. So this was a guy that was viewed as, you know, someone who could play every single position in the defensive backfield, uh, worked at cornerback and, and pretty much won that job in camp and, and has been there ever since until, um, until Monteric Brown went down and Hudson Clark emerged and – made three interceptions against Ole Miss and uh, and started that game uh, along with Kari Johnson over Jacobs, who Jacobs hurt his ankle in the Auburn game. So I, I've said before the season started that nobody's going to get criticized for me for opting out. I think there are, you know, people interpret things differently with, with coronavirus, have different opinions of it. There's plenty of reasons to opt out, obviously. Jarquez McClellan has also opted out for the season earlier in the year uh, in the defensive backfield. So this is two guys that – you know, I've started at corner recently for you. So the timing is interesting of it all with, you know, some things that have shaken up here and there in the, in the secondary, the emergence of Hudson Clark. Um, I'll, I'll read you what – he actually deleted this, but it, it, it was basically, you know, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Coach Pittman and the entire coaching staff for giving me the opportunity. I also want to thank my teammates and amazing Arkansas fans for welcoming me in with open arms after much prayer and discussion with my family. I've decided that it's best for me to opt out 
of my final year and declare for the NFL draft. I have worked long and hard for the opportunity to play in the NFL and believe this is the right time to pursue this goal. I'm humbled and excited to attack this next challenge. So he's actually deleted that tweet, but I don't know. I just, and again, if, if it's coronavirus, that's fine. You know, take, if you're taking that out of it, um, it's, I mean, you can't really do that, but the timing is interesting. I would think that your best shot at the making the NFL is to continue playing this season with your team. I don't know that draft being drafted is, is really in Jerry's future, but he was playing pretty good for Arkansas playing pretty well. So the timing of it's interesting, but um, certainly wish him the best. Arkansas hits Texas A&M week. So this is a big one. Arkansas has obviously lost eight in a row to these guys. The last six games, five of them have been decided by a touchdown or less. Now, you know, we think back to this game last year before Arkansas completely let go of the rope and everything. This game was – with 31 seconds to play, Texas A&M was up 31-27 for four points. Arkansas was at the 19-yard line. I believe it was fourth and five. Um, I wouldn't say C.J. O'Grady dropped that pass. I think it was kind of deflected or maybe it was a tough pass to pull in. And Maybe he could have, he could have, but it would have been a tough one to pull in. But uh, Arkansas falling like they have so many times in a close game last year to Texas A&M. That one was at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. This one's going to be at Kyle Field. This will be Arkansas's first game in Kyle Field since 2012 when Texas A&M joined the SEC with Johnny Manziel at quarterback. Arkansas obviously lost that one pretty handily. Now, Kyle Field is new. They've redone so much of it. What, they spend like $422 million or something I was wanting to go to this game because I've been to every stadium in the SEC, but I and I've been to Kyle Field, but the old Kyle Field, and this is probably my only opportunity for a while to go see it. So, but it's Halloween night. My daughter's seven. I'm not going to miss her Halloween. Arkansas should have been playing Tennessee at home this weekend. That was the uh, the original Halloween game. So, Arkansas has lost eight in a row to these guys. They still lead the overall series with Texas A&M, but. It's been tough sledding. Slept, set for 6.30 in Bryan College Station. It's not College Station anymore. It's Bryan College Station. Kyle Field. Texas A&M is ranked number eight. They were number seven. They actually slid a spot to eighth in the bye week. They had a bye week also. Arkansas is getting 15 AP votes, which would technically time for 35th if the poll extended that far. So this is a game, both these teams hate each other. Texas A&M fans, the way that they talk about Arkansas is just, I mean, vile. And Arkansas fans hate Texas A&M. They, they hate each other. This is like, you want to talk about like what's a true rivalry game. And even Sam Pittman was saying today, like where would Texas A&M fall for Arkansas people in terms of rivalry? And he's probably, he's like probably behind Texas. Probably Texas than Texas A&M as far as a rivalry. Um, and he may be right on that. Arkansas fans hate Texas A&M fans. They hate everything. They hate the colors of the school. They hate the fans. They hate everything. And it's the same way on the other side. I mean, nobody nobody treats me worse when I would, like, go do a Q&A or something than Texas A&M fans. Most of the other SEC are a little more, like, snide, highbrow, you know, better than you kind of talking. Texas A&M kind of has that too, but it's just more just like really pointed criticisms. 
it's fun. It's what makes college football fun, having rivals, rivalries like that, right? Curtis Wilkerson had an interesting story. Oh, I should get some more. There's a, there's a couple more injury things. So Sam Pittman said today, I just kind of asked him a general question about injuries, and he does feel like they'll be about as healthy as they've been since week one. They still have some guys that are iffy, obviously. Jerry Jacobs is not going to be with the team anymore moving forward. Um, but you also had, let's see, other injury updates. So Dorian Gerald is one of those guys that you would say is iffy. Now, the good thing about that position defensive end, now Dorian was playing well before he went down against Georgia, but the good thing about that position is Eric Gregory, Zach Williams, Matteo Soli, those guys have been playing really well, really picked it up for him. Julius Coates is another one I should mention, of course. Uh, let's see, Corlin Jackson is out for the season. He has had surgery. I don't know why I did that. I don't know if it's his thumb or not. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> but he has had surgery. Um, and that's unfortunate because Coylan has had a lot of injuries throughout his career, but he will be back with him next year. It's a season ender. Uh, we know that Levi Draper is also out for the year as well. So I guess the question is, Monteric Brown, is he going to be back after this bye week? Is Bumper Pool going to be back? Is Grant Morgan recovered? A lot. I mean, he was basically like looked like he was playing with one arm. You know, Traylon Burks is another guy that's been banged up. Rakeem Boyd, not he's not a hundred percent. I thought he ran pretty hard, looked pretty good early on in the Ole Miss game, but I just it didn't continue. So I think that I don't think that he was a hundred percent. Noah Gatlin is a guy that's was coming back from an ankle, so hopefully he'll be back better. Bo Lemmer's obviously not a hundred percent. So there's some guys that are banged up here and there. But Pittman says he believes they'll be about as healthy as they've been since week one. So that's a good thing for the Razorbacks. And I'm sure Texas A&M has some similar situations. They've got some guys that are, you know, coming back. Arkansas released their depth chart. Now, this isn't always an accurate representation, but it could be a little bit more accurate than it has been because we do um, we do have some players coming back that weren't back last week for Arkansas. Um, I mentioned Traylon Burks, Rakeem Boyd, Bo Lemmer, Noah Gatlin, Dorian Gerald, Bumper Pool, Monteric Brown, Jerry Jacobs out, obviously. Um, so some changes that we've seen. Mike Woods is listed as a starter over Trey Knox this week. Previously, they've been listed as starters at different positions at wide receiver, but Trey Knox is listed for the first time uh, as a backup this week. John David White or T.J. Hammonds is listed behind Mike Woods. Excuse me, behind Traylon Burks, sorry. So it's Traylon Burks and then John David White or T.J. Hammonds behind him. Devion Warren is now listed as the starter accurately. He did start last time out with Tyson Morris behind him. And Ty Clary is now listed after Bo Limmer at right guard with an oar between them. Previously, I believe it was Ryan Winkle who was listed behind Bo Limmer, but Ty Clary started last week. Levi Draper has been removed from the depth chart. Obviously, we know he's out, I believe, for the season. If it's not the season, it's almost the season. It's almost all of it. Uh, Dion Edwards, uh, who has been out, is now listed as the backup at will. Hayden Henry and Andrew Parker have flipped. It was, it was Hayden Henry listed as the third-team guy behind Andrew Parker as the second-team guy, and now that's flipped. And we know Hayden Henry started last week in place of bumper pull at the mic. So Hayden's listed uh, as the backup will now. 
There's an or between Monteric Brown and Hudson Clark now at cornerback. Reed Bauer is now listed as the second punter with an or between his name and George Caratan. As we know, Reed Bauer started last week, and then Jack Lindsay has replaced Caratan, as we saw last week, as the holder. Now it actually accurately reflects that. Let's see at cornerback what they have, because this actually came out before it was announced. So at cornerback, one corner they have Monteric and Hudson, Monteric or Hudson, I should say. The other cornerback, they still have Jerry Jacobs listed ahead of of Kari Johnson. So I think what a lot of us would expect to see is probably if Monteric's back, then Monteric at one corner and Hudson Clark at the other cornerback. Okay. So that's the depth chart stuff. Curtis Wilkerson has a good uh, article called Inside the Numbers. You know, he always does this after the game, breaks down all the interesting numbers along with a did-you-notice section and, um, you know, a few other things like some injury updates throughout the game. Uh, But this one he did for the whole season. Um, Like, you know, 974 passing yards for Franks, ranks number seven in the SEC. But you can go to Hog Sports and read this one. It is a free article if you're interested in some of our free stuff. You know, free stuff is more look-back stuff, stuff that comes out of press conferences versus our VIP stuff. Um, is going to be more premium information, more well-researched, you know, exclusive interviews with players and, and recruits and inside information about stuff that's going to happen versus things that, that have happened. But Curtis has this broken down for offense, defense, and special teams. It's a good read. So Arkansas's game against six, uh, Texas A&M at 6.30 on the SEC Network, Halloween night, in Bryan College Station at Kyle Field. The next one is set for 6.30 p.m. against Tennessee in Fayetteville on November 7th. Night game, November 7th. That, that could be a fun one. Obviously, you only get the 16,500 there, but should be an entertaining game with Tennessee, who's not playing great. I mean, Tennessee's an interesting one, and I don't mean to jump over Texas A&M, but I've just said for a while they're interesting to me because, you know, before these last two games, if you look back their last nine games, they were 8-1, and one, and their one loss was a 23-point loss to the only ranked team they play in Georgia. And then now they've lost, I think, about 31 to Alabama, which, I mean, that's there's no shame in that. I mean, the way Alabama's tough. But um, I just don't know that t- Tennessee had earned that top 25 ranking. I think they were kind of given it in a lot of ways. And I looked at Arkansas' schedule conversely, and they played six in the last nine, six nationally ranked teams, including three top three teams eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Anyway, that's two weeks away. But that one, the time for that was already set. So for these next games, we're going to start – so next Monday we'll find out when Florida – when the game at Florida is going to kick off. And the Monday after that, the LSU game, and then the Missouri game, and then the Alabama game. So you find out those 12 days out unless CBS exercises a 12-day option. I'm not sure if they've done that or not yet. But these last two – these two games here were already scheduled preseason. So that's kind of how it worked out. So Texas A&M, Tennessee, Florida, LSU, Missouri, and Alabama are the remaining games on the schedule. Three more home games, including uh, starting with Tennessee. I want to take a quick look here at some of the numbers that Arkansas has produced so far. So right now, Arkansas is 11th in the SEC in scoring offense at 23 points a game. They've actually gotten a little better each week on scoring. I mean, if you count defense, defensive touchdowns. 23 points a game, ranked 11th. Offense has got to pick it up a little bit. Rushing offense has been bad. Arkansas only has one rushing touchdown this season, which ties for 12th in the bottom, you know, in the SEC. They're only averaging 102.25 uh, rushing yards per game, 102.25 rushing yards per game, which ranks 13th in the SEC. Passing offense is ninth, 244.3 yards a game. I mean, they're pretty close to in the middle. I mean, there's some other schools that are pretty close to that. Total offense is 11th, 346.5 right now, 11th in the SEC. Texas A&M total offense is 5th, 422.5. And Texas A&M has been, you know, pretty middle of the pack at passing. They're eighth at 250 yards a game. And in rushing, they are third, 172.25. And that's largely because of Spiller, and we'll get to his numbers here in a second. Scoring defense, Arkansas is fourth, 25.5. Now, this takes into account also scores off block punts. You know, anything like that where Arkansas has uh, had an issue that results in points. Um, but the defense is playing really stout this year. Even, even with that. I mean, other teams got to deal with it too. Texas A&M averaging 29 points allowed per game to rank seventh. Arkansas is 11th in rushing defense, 177.25. A lot of that came from that, uh, that Auburn game. And, and Ole Miss too. I mean, there's a 47-yard fake punt against Ole Miss that's contributing to that largely. Otherwise, maybe be a little bit better. And Texas A&M is really stout against the run, only allowing 75.5 yards a game. So this isn't the game where you look at and say, here's a good opportunity to turn the rushing game around. They've only given up three touchdowns rushing so far. So they're only second to Georgia right now. Passing defense, Arkansas is fifth, 241.5. Texas A&M is giving up 279 to rank 10th. So a little more susceptible through the air. Arkansas is ninth. 
in total defense at 418.8. Texas A&M is third at 354.5. A lot of that due to that strong rushing defense. Now, back to Isaiah Spiller. He is second in the SEC right now in rushing yards per game, 107.5. Arkansas doesn't have anybody notable on this list. Traylon Smith is 13th, I guess, 55 yards a game. Nobody's, like, averaging 100 yards, obviously. Passing leaders, Kellen Mond is sixth. Now, Kellen Mond and Felipe Franks have been really comparable. They're both averaging 7.6 yards attempt. Their efficiency rating is Mond 144.89 and Franks 143.92. No quarter, no two quarterbacks are closer, I don't think, in the conference. So, Mond has – 80 of 130 passing for 61.5 yards. Franks has 82 of 128 passing for 972 yards. Wait, 984 yards for Mond, 61.5%. Franks, 974 yards, 64.1%. So very similar production for the two quarterbacks. Receiving, I wouldn't say anybody's too notable. I mean, Traylon Burks' average is pulled down because he only played like one or two series uh, in the Auburn game. Caleb Chapman is injured. I believe he's out for the year. He's only played in three games for Texas A&M. So nobody too notable, although A&M has a lot in that 15 to 20 range of receivers. Uh, Arkansas leading, Grant Morgan leading the SEC in tackles per game at 13. Bumper pull at 12. Jalen Catalan at 11.25. That's one, two, and three in the SEC in tackles per game. Obviously, Bumper's only played three games. Texas A&M's Buddy Johnson is seventh with 10.5. Sacks, Michael Clemens is fourth out of Texas A&M with three. And then when you look at interceptions, it's Hudson Clark with three, leading the SEC. And Greg Brooks Jr. at fourth, tied for fourth with two. And should also be um, – see, Jalen Catalan's 15th, and um, Joe Fouché is also tied at fourth with two. All right, just wanted to go through some numbers. It's fun to kind of take a – it's kind of a mid-season. I mean, Arkansas just hit the bye week, so we're heading into week six. Though they've only played four games. So it's kind of a, a middle-of-the-year of the type of deal. I want to get to your – I want to get to some of your questions real quick. Uh, we're going to have um, – we're going to have Jeff Tarpley on Thursday from uh, Gigham 247. Texas A&M site. We're going to have uh, Curtis Wilkerson also on Thursday, and Danny West will join us. So, Hio says, "Will Jerry Jacobs start this week against Texas A&M?" No, not going to happen. What are your thoughts on Jerry Jacobs opting out? Says Pill Pusher. Again, you know, I'm not going to criticize anybody for opting out over coronavirus. I just think it's interesting timing. That's all. So, good luck to Jerry Jacobs. GoHogs694 says, what's the general mentality after something like Jacobs' situation with the rest of the team? I don't think it's a positive situation for the team. I mean, I know everybody's going to say they got to do what they've got to do. they got to do what's best for them. But, I mean, you just lose a guy that's been with your team, you know. Think about everything. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I get, again, maybe something happened. Maybe somebody in this family. I have no idea. But the timing's interesting after, you know, an injury, and maybe that's it. Maybe the injury is just something he feels he needs to rehab. You know, there's all kinds of things. We can make presumptions about stuff, but we don't know really everything that's going on with Jerry, right? 
um, it is a lot to put in when you consider, you know, all the transfer stuff coming to Arkansas, um, you know, arriving at Arkansas, going through uh, the winter training cycle, having to stop that in the spring, go home. If he did go home, he may, he may not have. Um, but go home, come back, go through all the stuff that you have to go through for testing and, you know, safety measures, all that stuff, and, um, yeah, and come back and then play four games, have an injury, come back the next game, and then opt out. It's after four games. I, again, you know, if, if his best opportunity to make it to the NFL is probably to continue playing and put together a good full season. But, again, we don't know his situation entirely. From the snout, chances Buster, Bumper, and Gerald all play. I think – I don't. I think there's a good chance, but I don't know what Gerald's injury really is. But Bumper, I think there's a, probably a chance he could play. I mean, I think maybe whatever had been bothering him, they saw that as an opportunity to maybe give him some rest. I don't know. Buster, I'm surprised Buster isn't back. I mean, if, I thought Buster probably had maybe a concussion. I mean, I don't know that for sure. Nobody that was never really. They're never just going to say concussion. They might say concussion like symptoms. I've even heard above the shoulders injury before. But usually you miss one game and come back the next. But he's missed two now since his injury. So maybe it might be something else. He could have jammed his neck up. Who knows? I got some interesting questions from Army of Nabunga. Packing a hog 54, do you think the large crowd size in College Station will play a factor Saturday? Yeah, I do. Will be the toughest environment for us to play in by far, but I think the environment will give the players some energy too. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at it like that. I mean, it's you have to do the us against the world mentality. I think sometimes referees are influenced, maybe subconsciously. I'll just say subconsciously, okay? But I do think that referees can be influenced by home crowds. I think in basketball, it definitely does. I think that's one reason it's hard, so hard to win on the road but in the SEC. But, um, yeah, I do think that uh, it can play a factor. Hog Jackets 1 says, is Devin Bush still on the team? And can Ladarius Bishop play corner? Ladarius can't play corner. Ladarius is listed as the backup at uh, nickel right now, and Devin Bush did play some last time out. Hog six says, "Will depth at corner be thin now?" I mean, if I don't know if Devin Bush was injured or if he was quarantining or what was going on, but he wasn't playing a whole lot. But he's a guy with a lot of talent. But yeah, you've lost Jarquez McClellan, and you've lost uh, Jerry Jacobs. I mean, they've been thin at corner. <laughs> I mean, but maybe you get Monteric back so it balances out, I guess. That's from Haw, Hog, who is H-A-W-6. And I've said Hog 6 for a long time, but he's just Hog. And he has a 6 at the end because Hog was taken. It's clever. It still looks like Haw 6, though. Sorry. Army, I'm not going to read any of your questions. You just get, you're trying to get one in on me. Birminghawk says, will we be able to run the ball against Texas A&M? Why are we having trouble doing that this year? Well, I think part of it is 
you know, they've got to get bigger, continue to get bigger still on the offensive line. They're still they're still young up front on the offensive line. Uh, Rakeem Boyd hasn't been there healthy. I mean, he ran behind what I think is the worst offensive line last year and had a lot of success. But I don't think what we saw last weekend was a healthy Rakeem Boyd. So that's part of it. Um, I think that's a big part of it. And, I mean, you've got guys like um, – um, Oh, I'm, I'm spacing on uh, Brady Latham, who, you know, is just a redshirt freshman who still needs to add strength and add size. You know, Bo Lemmer's relatively inexperienced. I mean, you think about the three interior guys, although they're all very promising, they're just second-year players, all three of them. So that could be part of it. But I think just not having Boyd – I mean, you got to have a really good running back. you got to have a couple of them. And I think not having Boyd there is, is hurt. But, no, against Texas A&M, they averaged 75 yards a game against the run. So, not ideal. With Jacobs opting out, is there anyone else on the roster we haven't heard of stepping up to fill a larger role in the secondary? I mean, I think they've been through all of them, Hawk Van and KS-16. I think they've been through all of them. Army, you asked a legitimate question, who's the long snapper? Let's get to the important stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to answer it. <laughs> Silverado Swine 96 says – Jordan Silver, also known as Jordan Silverado. Uh, which is ironic because the next question comes from Silverado Swine 96. See, that's the universe right there. I'm just saying. Silverado Swine 96 says Coach Pittman mentioned mentioned rivals in the presser. Who do you see as our top three or four rivals? Um, I think it varies for, for each person. I mean, Auburn's up there for a lot of Arkansas fans, and that's a poll we run every week, you know, how bad you hate this team. So Auburn's up there for a lot of Arkansas fans, I think. I think there's – I think there is some for LSU also. I mean, like if I'm talking about who the teams that Arkansas really dislikes, you know, I think there's some budding hatred for Missouri because they have beaten Arkansas so much lately. And Arkansas fans, I think, view themselves as superior. I mean, it, when you look at the program side by side, they'd be right, and then Missouri keeps beating them. Um, Texas a and is definitely up there, especially for older Hog fans but and newer ones. I mean, I think a lot of people really dislike Texas a and I mean, just you can tell by how people are so so critical, like harsh, like no, not pulling punches type of stuff with, on both sides. There's no, like, respect or love loss or anything between these two schools. Um, and Texas A&M fans, I think, kind of look at Arkansas as their superior you know, from a historical standpoint, you look at Arkansas and they've beaten Texas A&M times more than, than Texas A&M's beaten them. So I think there's a lot there, especially since Texas A&M has rejoined the, the conference or joined the SEC and they start playing each other every year. Um, Ole Miss, a lot of people hate Ole Miss, and I think a lot of that stems also from, you know, they've played each other for so long, even way before the SEC, like what back to 1981, 83, something like that, that they tend to play every year. There's the Hugh Freeze thing with, you know, them getting busted cheating. There's a, there's a lot – and, you know, Arkansas basically taking the SEC championship game away from them with the Hunter Heave, which they would have had stripped from them anyway because they were busted cheating and had to forfeit several several games. They would have forfeited everything. So, they still – I mean, they would have enjoyed playing in that game. You can't take that away, I guess. But that's that's got to be up there. So, I might say Auburn, Ole Miss, Texas A&M – I might say those three. 
I mean, there was a while back in the day Tennessee was up there. People hated Tennessee. Steve Caldwell coming in, taking all the top talent out of Warren year after year. So it, it changes. It fluctuates. I mean, with, with everything going on at Auburn, I would say Auburn might be number one. Texas A&M might be two. Maybe Ole Miss three. Some people might have Missouri there. Some people might have LSU there. Let me know in the comments below. Whoopig Suey Razorback 08 says, typical the Reddick is the run. We'll open up the pass. They're pass blocking, having the upper hand. Should we be passing first, running second? I don't think it matters. I mean, I think just balance. If you're having success with one, then you're going to have success with the other. I've always heard that, like the use the run, set up the pass, but it's vice versa. I, I always think, like, use the run to set up the pass because if you can pass, then why, why would you, like – have success in the passing game to set up the run because you're going to get more yards passing, right, usually. Gibby6996 says, do we finally get a first down on an offensive drive of the game? I'll put the poll question up. There's another three and out. They had three and out four weeks in a row. Ballman22 says, is Hudson Clark really an SEC caliber corner? I mean, he made three interceptions in an SEC game, and nobody's picking on him. So I would say, yeah, he is. I mean, I think he's proven that. Wupiksui88 says, do you plan on opting out <laughs> for the remainder of the season, of the football season? No, I don't. I don't plan on opting out. Hopefully I won't have a reason to. Hawks fan in Kansas City 16 says, bar, uh, KS16, I'm not sure what KS means, but barring injury, is there a situation you think Hornsby or KJ, CK, Hornsby or KJ this weekend having a second running threat might throw off the def- their defense? Maybe. I mean, maybe they figure out a way to get some rushing yards in different ways. Maybe we see Traylon Burks at Wildcat. Maybe we see Hornsby play some. He is a Texas kid. Trey, have you heard about – oh, interesting. Army, you're sneaky today. Trying to get me. Sneaky names. Is A&M our biggest rival? There's a lot of questions about that. I would say they're up there if people are asking this question. I will have, you know – the, the regular poll question that we do every week, who do you hate more, you know, as it pertains to Texas A&M? I think they're probably – we'll compare it to – I, I ran it with Auburn and Ole Miss, so we'll compare it to those two teams. All right, we're going to jump over now to our questions on Facebook. See if we got any questions on Facebook here. How long have we gone? So we've gone about 32 minutes, so we'll give it about 10 minutes here on Facebook questions. But before we get started with that, I've got to remind you once again, I'm not mentioning all the other stuff that, that I want you to do, uh, but I do want you to sign up for our 50% off deal if you haven't done so already. It's a great, great promo. It's in, it'll end this week. So I think it's uh, 10.59 p.m. Central Time on Friday is when this ends. So it breaks down to 15 cents a day, less than 15 cents a day. What can you buy for 15 cents a day? You can't buy a gumball for 15 cents a day, but you can get the number one independent source on Razorback sports and recruiting at Hog Sports for 15 cents a day. It's a dollar three a week. It's 4.48 a month. Okay, built at 53 dollars and 70 cents. It's a great deal. We also you can still do one month for one dollar if you just want to try the thing out. One month for one dollar. I promise you're going to be satisfied with what you get at Hog Sports. 
I could show you all of our satisfied customers, but you go to the Razor's Edge and you'll see a ton of traffic. Our, this site at Arkansas is bigger than what it should be. We should not be one of the 10 largest sites in the 24-7 Sports Network, and it's because we work tirelessly. We should not be doing some of the stuff we do from a traffic standpoint at Hog Sports, but we do it. I've always said it just goes to show what Arkansas is capable of, and we're an Arkansas-run business, but it just shows you what Arkansas is capable of. And people ask all the time, how can we support the channel? What's your Patreon? All this stuff. Sign up for this deal for 15 cents a day. You get something great. It's not like just paying a Patreon deal. You're going to get something that you're really going to like. So if you like what we do at Hog Sports, if you like what I do on Drive Time, what Danny does on Out of Bounds, you like the free content that we roll out, then come see what we have behind the curtain right now for 50% off. Okay, now we get to your Facebook questions. Appreciate you guys listening to that. And thank you to our membership, the people who are subscribed right now who have helped make us one of the 10 largest sites in the network. Thank you so much for your subscription. We couldn't do what we do without you. Really appreciate the support, and I hope you guys are satisfied with the service. We're always trying to push forward. As we grow, we always invest more. We always put more into this product, and that's what we'll continue to do. All right, Facebook questions. Nick Granberry says, okay, he's got an opinion on Jerry Jacobs. I assume that he's going to get a lot of strong opinions from Razorback fans. Guess Jerry's exit will open the door for Bush. Stephen Connor Glassell says, who do you think the starting quarterback will be year after after Felipe? I think it's going to be an interesting uh, competition. Malik Hornsby. I mean, you've got, you know, You've got freshmen coming in as well, but uh, you've also got, you know, you got Malik Hornsby and you got KJ Jefferson. I think those are the two guys that you would say, you know, this is the real competition here. And there are different types of quarterbacks. I mean, they're both dual threats. KJ's more of a big, you know, powerful strider, straight ahead guy, a guy that running faster than you think he's running. Malik is a shifty guy. He's like a 10, 800 meters guy as a high school guy. So he's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the country coming out of high school last year. Uh, both of them can throw the ball, got live arms. I would say uh, Hornsby probably a little bit more polished as a thrower, whereas KJ's had to work on that. So it'll be an interesting battle. And you never know, you might get Felipe Franks back another year. He's able to come back under like two – like he could also apply for a six-year of eligibility, but he's also getting this year back no matter what. Hey, Trey, Jim Taylor from Fresno, California. The Hogs are making a believer out of my neighbor. Love our defense. Thanks to you, Danny, and the gang for keeping all us out-of-state alumni up to date on our Hogs. Stay safe. Appreciate you, Jim. John Sullivan says, you think there's really anything that can be done to get the run game going this season, or is it a better to look at next season for that? Well, I mean, like with Petrino teams, it seems like they always progressively got better as the season wore on in terms of running, and maybe that'll happen for Arkansas. This is a tough one because they only averaged 75 yards a game given up at Texas A&M. It's pretty stout. But if Rakeem Boyd is healthy, remember, Rakeem Boyd went to Texas A&M. You know, there's a, there's a personal deal for this. I mean, there's a personal deal for, like, every game. Like, right, you start out against Georgia. So Sam Pittman facing his former boss in Kirby Smart, a place that he spent four years at. Uh, the second game, Mississippi State, that wasn't so much like a personal deal. as like, you know, a lot of people talked about should Arkansas hire 
Mike Leach, and then Texas A or excuse me, the Mississippi State hires him. So there was like who's got the better first year coach kind of deal with Mississippi State. Then Auburn, of course, Gus Malzahn, Chad Morris, and then the next week Lane Kiffin, kind of a similar deal. Who's got the best head coach? You know, out of the first year hires. So Texas A&M ones really, you know, there's the Texas A&M ones personal on a lot of reasons because they're old Southwest Texas uh, Southwest Conference rivals. Uh, Rakeem Boyd is a former player there, obviously, and they beat Arkansas eight times in a row, and five of the last six have been decided by a touchdown or less. I can't remember. It might be six of eight also that have been decided by a touchdown or less. I can't remember exactly, but I think it's five. But anyway, five of the last six. That's that's incredible that Arkansas, you know, hadn't flipped somewhere. The one that stands out to me, I mean, there's there's plenty that stand out, but like the leg whip, the tripping call against Dan Skipper when Arkansas was going in for a touchdown to go up 17, Jonathan Williams scored um, to basically put the game out, basically ice the game, and he scored. That was the only tripping call in the SEC that year, the only tripping call. It's that one is a robbery. I mean, that one's a tough one because Arkansas ended up losing the game because of it. The one game in the last six uh, that wasn't decided by a touchdown or less, Arkansas was actually driving down the field, I believe, to take the lead. They had that long drive, and this is where Arkansas's offensive line problems really stood out. And Arkansas had the goal line. Uh, Texas A&M had a goal line stand against Arkansas, and I believe Arkansas would have gone up if they scored. And then the next thing that happens, Texas A&M has a huge, like, 96-yard play that goes the other way for a touchdown and ends up winning by, like, 24 or something, something convincing. Maybe not – maybe so, I can't remember what the score was, but it was it was not a touchdown score. But they've all been close. I think that was in the fourth quarter also. They've all been close in the last six since Arkansas returned to play at College Station. Or excuse me, return to play at AT&T Stadium. Michael Dragas says, just learning about Jerry Jacobs' situation, what happened. I, I mean, I read the, uh, I read his comment, but he deleted that. So, Devin Lauer says he'll be at the Texas A&M game. Clinton Stacey Patterson says would love to see Johnson run the ball a little. Boy, doesn't look to be hitting the hole at full speed. Boys don't. Boys, Boyd. Okay, gotcha. You meant to say Boyd, not boys. Yeah, I, I just think that Boyd. I, I just I don't think he's one hundred percent. Let's see what else we got. Jackie Price says, "How close do you? How close do you think we are to see Frank's flash out? He's shown." like he's shown a few times at Florida. I mean, he had a pretty good game against uh, Auburn. He completed like 75% of his passes, 318 yards, four touchdowns, I think. But, I mean, he's had some inconsistent play. But, again, you know, all I said, if if Felipe Franks is average this season, if he's an average SEC quarterback, I don't want to hear anybody complain about it because of where Arkansas has been at quarterback. Now I think he's played above average overall. I mean, you have to go back 10 starting quarterbacks. I said this before. You have to go back 10 starting quarterbacks to find a quarterback who had a game like that. Brandon Allen. You have to go all the way back to him. 2015. Five years. So. Todd Willis says, will he play A&M in Fayetteville next year? I don't see how they don't do that. I mean, it's the only fair thing to do. I mean, saying fair and rulings by the SEC lately have not been – 
should not be mentioned in the same sentence, maybe, when you consider the schedule that Arkansas got and the call that they got. By the way, Auburn bailed out again. They didn't even review this one, but that freshman running back, he's back there to return the kick. It's like five minutes, something left. It clearly grazes his pinky. You can see his pinky move back. You can see him go run and chase after the ball because he knew he touched the ball, and they didn't even review it. Ole Miss recovers immediately in the end zone. It's a fumble in the end zone. Touchdown Ole Miss to go up what would have been eight after the extra point with five minutes left. That's a huge play in the game. Monster play. That's two times they got bailed out like that. All right, everybody. We've gone 42 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I appreciate all your questions. Sorry if I didn't get to some of them. Maybe I can get back in there later and uh, and answer them via text. But uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show today. we got some other things. We've got a pretty busy day with all the things that have come out recently. And uh, we, spoke Sam, we spoke to Sam Pittman, so we've got some content coming out on that. Once again, if you haven't signed up, now's a great time. 50% off our annual VIP membership. Breaks down to just 15 cents a day, 103 a week, 448 a month, and billed at $53.70. Half off. It's a great deal. And the good thing about it, too, uh, is we also offer the dollar deal. So you can still sign up for just $1 for your first month. Heck of a deal. All right, everybody. Appreciate your questions. We didn't have anybody on the show today. It was just me and you. But, again, we will be with Jeff Tarpley from Gigum 247 uh, next or this coming Thursday. Curtis Wilkerson will also join us and uh, Danny West, of course. And uh, we'll get some recruiting and some basketball stuff from those guys as well. All right, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.